Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, this is Jessica Kupferman. Just wanted to give you a quick little intro to this episode. So Elsie did this live at Pitt University while her girls were attending a little bit of summer camp. So there is a bit of environmental noise in the background and she wanted me to tell you that she recorded straight into her iPhone 8 using the camera connection kit to support using her Samson Q2U microphone. So again, she's recorded it right into her iPhone 8 using the camera connection kit. I know that's a little bit counterintuitive, but the camera connection kit is technically to plug in a camera, but it also works for mics as well. And the mic she was using was a Samson Q2U. So today's episode, she answers questions about how to link to shows on Pandora since they are not available via desktop. Also, Elsie's workflow on keeping a reference section and why that's important for podcasting. And oh my God, she has not been listening to podcasts, y'all. I know, I can't believe it myself. And then later on, she drops some amazing, very Elsie-like wisdom bombs about how that affects growing your audience. As usual, don't forget that if you want one-on-one combos like this, if you want to hear and be there when Elsie is doing these Q&As live, and I do them every other week as well, go to shepodcast.com forward slash Patreon. It's $5 a month, and you'll be able to join the She Podcast Super Squad, where you can ask us any questions, and we come in live once a week and answer your questions on Facebook Live. Also, a quick update on She Podcast Live. The price is going up like literally tomorrow if you're listening to this right when it comes out. So August 1st, the price of tickets goes up again. Also, I have a new website, ShePodcastLive.com. I redid it. It has the entire schedule. It has all the speakers. It has all the sponsors. It has the schedule, the agenda, the speakers. Is there anything left? I don't even know. Oh, yeah. All, all kinds of different opportunities that are going to be happening during the conference. So check that out, ShePodcastLive.com. Tickets go up this week. So thank you guys so much and we will see you soon. Love you. Mean it. Hello. Hi guys. I decided to come in here a little bit early because I can and I am on my phone today again. Um, I'm actually at my daughter's camp. So I'm at the university. They're uh, going to pit they're doing an athletic camp or like a movement camp where they're learning how to swim and they're learning how to play sports and stuff. And it's only for a couple hours. I think it's like we come in here from like one to three fifteen, And so they get a couple hours of playing and I am outside. Maybe I should pick this up so you guys could see for those of you. Hello, Kimberly. So I'm outside in this area here. Yay. It's a little uh, courtyard inside of the, um, uh, I guess it's a, it's called Trees Hall where it has like a climbing wall and it has like all kinds of basketball courts and like the biggest pool I have ever seen in my entire life. When I saw the pool, I was shocked. Giant. Uh, and they have like divers and stuff. Hello, hello. 
But alas, I have written some notes in case anybody does not have any questions for me. I have my computer in front of me, but alas, I am not connected uh, via hotspot through my phone because I kind of didn't want to mess with the connection for our live. So I'm going to start now talking about I have one question and then I have some thoughts that I wanted to share with you guys. And if anybody has any questions as I go through, please feel free to jump in and ask me things and we'll take it from there. Okay, here we go. This is uh, the question is from Kathy Scarbeck. And she says, three of our shows have just been approved by Pandora and are now on the Pandora app. I want to put a URL link directly to each of the Pandora shows on our website. Is there any way to do this given that Pandora on desktop does not contain podcasts? Is it possible to get a link to a show that lives only in the Pandora app? And Kathy, yes, it is. So I just tested it out. There are two ways to do it. In post, I'm saying in post, I will post the link to She Podcasts inside the Pandora app. And the way that I got that is the same way that I got the links to most of the other apps out there, including Spotify, And what's another one that has that? You know what? I think like, I think every single one of the apps that shares, you can do that with. I think every single one, if you don't get it from their website. So there are times when like people like Apple Podcast and Apple Podcast, they will send you your link usually like with an email like, yay, hooray, you're in the app. Um, Here's your link. But a lot of people don't. So you go inside of the Pandora app. And this is what I've done this entire time, especially for like Spotify and Castro or Overcast, which are some of the ones that I share, depending upon what I want people to do when they get that link, is you go inside the app, you find your show, you find your show inside the app, whatever one that is. And then right within, whenever you find that show, you tap on that. And whenever there is that, uh, the artwork for the show right in front, there is on the bottom right, a little share button or a share icon. You tap onto that and then it gives you the option to share it to so many different places. So yes, of course, you can directly share it that way. But what I do is I have a little bit of a hack that I do this with because I have a Mac. Whenever I need a link that way, I usually message it to myself. So I text message myself the link. And then when I open up my computer, since I have iMessage on my computer, that link is there. And then I copy and paste it and put it wherever it is that I want to put it like hyperlinked in my on my website or if I'm writing a you know a blog post or something where I say hey everybody we're in Pandora click here to find our show then I will do it that way the if you don't have uh, a Mac that's connected that way and you have not set up iMessage to do that then what you can do is you can email it to yourself email the link to yourself which you can totally do as well and it's not a hard thing to do at all you can also share it to Twitter and then go back into your own feed and tap on that and copy the hyperlink from that too. There is no difference between the link that is shared to all of these other social media places. It just makes it easier for them. It's like a less, like a sort of like taking the middleman out of, out of the equation there, but it's the same link. Now, when I looked at the link, it actually, it looks like maybe in the future, it's going to be something super simple. If I were to cut half the link down, It says that it's pandora.com slash podcast slash she dash podcasts. So it seems like it's super simple to do. And I tried 
to put that link and click it on my computer. And what it says is it gives me a 404 for Pandora. But if I click, if I use the entire link, which after she dash podcast dot, and then it has another slash, and then it says PC um, colon 460 question mark, like it gets really long. If you do that, if you're on a computer, it will prompt the person to download the app. Of course, that's the experience from a computer. But if anybody sees that, let's say on the website and they already have an app, they can actually, and they're looking at it from the your cell phone, then it automatically open up the Pandora app. So if you have any questions about that or any further clarification, please let me know, um, Kathy. But that is really the easiest way to do it. I'm going to give you a hack that I have done or a way for me to keep track of all of these things. I like to work really... I would say 90% of my work on a computer is done via text, plain text. Plain text is my favorite way to work, which means that I really love to keep everything in things like notes. And I have a variety of different text editors where I can keep these things. I have moved about 80% of my workflow now to the notes app inside of my Mac. You can do this type of workflow in something. If you have a PC, you can do something like this on, on OneNote uh, is one of my favorites for PC. And um, I have it on the Mac as well. It works for the Mac as well. So in, in case you ever switch around, it's still working for you in there. But what I do is I have established now sort of like a folder system within the notes app. It's not really folders because you can still see them, but a reference section. So I named it reference and then I create reference things there, right? So let's say one of the simple references that I have is that I always forget how to restart the iPhone, like the new iPhone 8 doesn't restart the same way that I did before. So I have a screenshot that I can always look back to and look at that. The other thing is this watch that I have that I'm wearing, it's really clunky. It's like $20. And what tends to happen with this thing is because it's a little bit on the cheap side, <laughs> when I bump it, it presses the buttons on, and I don't even know what button it pressed, and then it changes to military time, or it sets like a uh, like a hourly alarm, or it sets up some kind of weird alarm at two o'clock that I didn't do, and so I always have to refer back to the instructions because they're really convoluted. You have to press like three buttons up there and two buttons over here, and so I have that a reference now to get back to what I'm talking about for podcasting. There's also a reference note inside there where I have all the links to all the different places. So for She Podcast, all the links for Spotify, Pandora, Overcast, Castro there so that when you go back and you have to reference it, it's really a copy paste. And you don't have to think about it or where was it or where did I get it from? So you don't really even have to remember where the thing is because you already have it including Apple Podcast and things like that, because sometimes we just want quick access. And the reason that I have it there is because not only can I send that to, like, let's say somebody's helping me do marketing, I can easily send that note or I can copy paste it into an email or I can access it via my phone. So there's all of these different ways in which I can do stuff like that. And it's really accessible to me. So that's something for you to think about, especially when it comes to getting that link for Pandora. Okay, so I have a... It's not really a rant, but it is something that I'd love to speak about a little bit and maybe it'll explode on somebody's brain a little bit. I have a couple of questions and I'm going to just lay these out there for those of you who are watching live or even for those of you who are watching later on. And it would be really cool to either 
leave a comment here inside of the Facebook Live, or you can send feedback over to feedback at shepodcast.com, or you can even send uh, have a message over on Patreon. Like there's all of these different places that you can kind of touch base on this question. But I'm wondering, how is your media consumption going? Meaning, what are the types of things that you have been consuming lately? I just want you to really kind of look at the way that you're consuming media, meaning your TV or... Are you listening to more music? Uh, are you watching more Netflix? Are you taking a break from that? Are you listening to more audiobooks? You know, all of those different things, particularly as the season has changed here. And another question is, how do you get connected? And when I say that, that means in what ways are you staying connected to, let's say, the news and information of the day? How are you staying connected with people that are family members or things like that? How are you staying connected to the goings on possibly in your favorite Facebook groups? Could be shoot podcast, could be they could have something to do with something else. And what are the things? So these are the three questions. And I think I'm going to put them inside of the um, into the comments as well. What are the things that you need to do to recharge? Because here's what I've been watching for myself. And I just want to share a little bit of insight from somebody who is a fanatic about podcast consumption. And I'm a huge podcast advocate, as you know. I also know that the biggest question that we get from you guys is, oh my gosh, how do I get more download numbers? Oh my God, my show's not growing. Or how do I get the word out? You know, all of those things. So those are all great questions to be asking because I think we all need to get better at what we do anyway, right? In terms of getting the word out about what we need. But Also remember that through our lives, we're going to go through times where we're going to stop doing stuff. So as of now, what are we in then July? So at the beginning of June, I stopped listening to podcasts. I know. Is that not insane or what? I truly stopped. I would open up my favorite app in the whole entire world, which is Castro. I adore Castro. I'm in Castro all the time. I would open up my app. And I would look at all the podcasts and I would immediately just make them go away. Like I didn't want anything to do with the podcasts. Not that I don't love them. I just didn't want to listen. I didn't want to listen to the stuff I was listening to. It's not that I was over it because it's not that. It's just, you know, when you have a craving for something or when you're given some food that you really don't want, like pizza's great, but what if you don't want pizza? What if you're like, you want like a smoothie or what if you don't, or you want a glass of wine? And now you don't want to have coffee. Like those are just preferences. It doesn't mean that you don't like that thing. It just means that you just don't want to do that right now. So for the past month, I literally have broken up with my love of podcasting, or maybe I've just like taken a break. So it's sort of like one of those things. Um, that's what's happening. So I want to see what Kimberly said. So in terms of media consumption, Kimberly, you said that you love and have loved audiobooks for a long time and you've been listening to many lately and then podcasts and then some Netflix Hulu shows. And while I'm watching or listening, I'm usually doing something else. Correct. I totally do the same exact thing. And Libby, I love Libby. And yeah, I know. I'm So I'm glad that I'm not the same one. I just want to do something else, right? So it's not that I'm going to stop like on purpose as in like if I see a podcast episode, I will not listen. But because I do actually, I'm working with some clients right now and Obviously, that merits me listening to their show. That's what I do. Or I've had some of my friends who have said like, hey, would you listen to this episode? It's like, I love it or whatever. And I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll listen to that. But I'm not moving to it from a perspective of, ooh, I want to do it. So I've had this happen to me in the past. 
meaning that, you know, when I was pregnant, I was obsessed, obviously, with all things pregnancy, with all things how to have birth naturally. And I was reading books after books after books about that. I did the same thing when I was bullet journaling like crazy. I really dove into the bullet journal thing. I learned all about it. I bought all the things, all the pens, all the things. I, I mean, listening to so, so many podcasts, same thing for Game of Thrones, exactly same. I OD'd on Game of Thrones because I, everything was Game of Thrones for me. I just totally wanted to do that all day, every day. And now I'm into Nazis. <laughs> I shouldn't say I'm into Nazis. I'm very curious about World War II, Nazis, Hitler, and what was happening in culture at that time that allowed for what happened. And I'm riveted by particularly fictional stories, books that take place during that time. But also I'm reading another book right now, which is called Blitz. And it's all about drug use by the Third Reich during that entire time. And it's blowing my mind of how many of those guys were um, using methamphetamines and all of that stuff, which is to me, I had zero idea. And the amount of shots that Hitler was getting daily for years, I, I had no clue. But anyway, so in terms of me sharing this information with you, for somebody who is a massive advocate for podcasts, who is a podcasting mentor, who is right there with you to make things happen for you. If you hear me say that I've stopped listening to podcasts now for a month and I at this moment have no desire to go back to listen, it might seem like, oh my gosh, that is crazy, right? So I want you to think about it from the perspective, not only as you as a producer, but also as the way in which you are building audience, the way that you're connecting with your audience, the way that you're expecting people to be listening to your show, and to really, really think about this idea of podcasting and the way that we're moving in the world in this way, that it is cyclical and that there are going to be times when you're not going to see audience growth. There are going to be times when your audience doesn't listen to all your episodes. There are going to be times when they are stopping going into Facebook or following you on Instagram or decide that they don't want to be your friend on Facebook anymore. And <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that just because I don't want you to take all of these personally. I think we need to f understand that we're in a world where we have to mitigate those things for ourselves and to be able to say like, you know what, I'm going to commit to doing this and not to this. Okay. So now the deeper question about that is, is if you loved a podcast way back and you're no longer listening to those people in the past couple of years or something like that, does that mean that the value that you gave that person and the value that they continue to hold for you is moot, meaning it no longer relevant? Does that mean that all that work and that relationship that you built with that listener that no longer listens to your show, or at least for now, is no longer relevant. I'm asking this because I need you to see this with your eyes wide open. And in fact, I don't believe that that's true. There are many podcasts out there that I used to love and be obsessed with that I no longer listen to, but that I do not in any way think that they are no longer part of my lives. In fact, these podcasts continue to give me memories. They give me the same feeling. I speak about them with the same love that I did back then. 
I remember that time fondly. It's like the same way that I, you know, learned with my teachers, like the, my, my yoga teachers or my acting teachers or even my fifth grade teacher who I do fully remember and my fourth grade teacher that I fully remember were a big part of my life and how they helped me move from one thing to another. And if anybody ever needs help with X, Y, and Z, and that podcast is the place to go, I will send it to them. But I'm not a listener, but I am a fan. So how many fans do you have out there that love and adore you, that are not listening to your show, and that may or may not ever listen to it again? And does that matter? If you have advocates for you and your work, that they're pushing you forward, and they are loving on you, does that make that the fact that there are no downloads growing you at that moment when you're looking at your download numbers and it's not growing? It does not diminish the impact that you've had on hundreds of people, but perhaps they're no longer listening to your show. And I feel that that's okay. And we must be okay with that for ourselves once again, because if not, it's going to deter our desire to keep putting our voices out there because we're not seeing the numbers that we think we should be seeing when in fact we have a much larger audience, but just they're simply not listening in the way that you wish them to be there. Okay. So Miss Eileen, I have not mentioned Daniel's hosting study. Uh, no, and I'm not sure I'm going to get to it because I think that that's something we can touch base on. She podcasts like the episode and go a little bit deeper on that, but I can mention it slowly. Hello, Miss Sue. And Patrick says, um, as someone with no kids, I'm surprised you as busy working mom listening to so many podcasts this whole time. Anyway, you know what, Patrick, I listen so much because listening actually creates a sort of like a, a special room for myself to go into. And it gives me uh, a way for me to stay connected. So in fact, it, it allows more time for me. Uh, Sue, connection is always relevant and important past or current. Absolutely. Hello, Emily. Hello, love. Um, and Tiffany, I think we never know who's getting value when we have a growing podcast, but someone is, and we have to honor that, right? Absolutely. Patrick, so are your trees falling in the woods if no one else is there to see them? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Lisa, tech question. Sound mixing my scripted podcast, and I'm wondering if most people listen on headphones. Okay, I'm going to get back to your question really quickly. I listen with headphones and on speakerphones in my car. That's Tiffany. So I'm going to finish my thought process here, but I'm going to kind of move to your question really quickly. So you ask, you know, about the sound mixing for a scripted podcast. And most of the time, lovely, people are going to be listening, not even with these noise canceling headphones, but they're going to be listening with the regular iPod thingy majiggers that you would have. And so you don't get the subtlety of, let's say, a type of music that's very subtle on the ground or like the, the rustling leaves and things like that. Because I do feel that most of us are in a movable position. So what I, how I would test it is in two different ways. One of them in the pristine sound that you would have from with like noise canceling headphones and in an environment that evokes being able to find the subtlety. And then I challenge you to listen, even like, let's say you're in your car and you have your headphones on. For many, many years, I listened to podcasts while I was in the bus, which is like possibly the worst experience of listening in your ears ever because the sound of the bus is crazy loud. I would have to like put the volume up really, really fast. And there were many times when I had to stop listening because it was like an important part 
and I couldn't quit. So I would say most people are listening on headphones, at least from my experience and what I have been told. And it's something I follow as well. Whenever I do the last listen, I do the last listen in just your basic little earbuds. And and I used to edit when I was in the car. And that gave me a gauge. I would look at the volume gauge to see what the volume level was like. But there was never any subtlety from me. I hope that helps. And Eileen, yes, listen, the heavy sound design, right? Subtle sounds need to be upped. Yeah, they would have to be. Well, you know what, Miss Lisa? I think that part of it is that you need to make whatever sound you are building in your show. It needs to be supplemental versus necessary. So what does that mean? That means that if somebody is listening in a quiet space where they're having a true experience of your scripted show of the entire immersive experience, they're going to get that extra thing. But if somebody is listening, like I was talking about before, like on a bus with headphones and it's kind of loud outside and they don't get that subtle sound, they're still getting the story because the story needs to still lead the way. The sound design needs to supplement, but it doesn't need to be all the things, right? It has to be something subtle, not all the things. Yeah. And then struggling listening on a plane for sure. Yeah. Walking through branches. I know I'm telling you, man, it's like, (laughs) anyway, most people won't hear that. They're going to go like, what is that? Okay. So moving on to just kind of finish that wrapping up that idea that I was having about people moving from one thing to the next and from uh, still having a connection with you, even though they don't listen to your show, right? Having the ability for us to understand the value that we have with our people. So the other way that I want to put this out there, and it's actually coming from another article that I read that I'm going to link to here after we're finished. And it's called a pointed perspective on the purported pot baiting problem. That could be like one of those things you warm your, your voice with, like a pointed perspective on the purported pot baiting problem. Oh my God. Okay. So it, this is why on medium and this was written by, I said at Webby, but he is the guy from the Edison research and gosh darn it. I'm, I hate it that I forgot his name right now and I do love him so much. He's so great. All right. So let me just really quickly talk about the pod fading problem. Actually, you know what? I'm going to answer Tiffany's and then go back to the purported pod fading problem. So Tiffany, what are your your top three tips for listener growth and Patreon growth from zero to five? Zero to five. That's a very specific question. Zero to five. I think part of it has to do with there are two things that I know have grown like our she podcast super squad or a patreons one of them was super fans <laughs> i know the chuck chuck um one of them would be our super fans meaning that there are people connect when you connect with your super fans those are the first ones that are going to jump and they don't really even care and part of the reason that uh the she podcast live conference is happening is that we have built a consistent foundation of our super fans and our super fans are mostly in the super squad, you guys that are in here. But there's also a core amount who are our super fans that, again, don't listen to our show, that have listened to our show, that really just love us. And they have shared our content and loved us. So building a core base of super fans, how do you do that? Oh, my gosh. For Jess and I, it ha- it has been consistency and it has been personality 
uh, one of the things that I have in terms of our description of She Podcasts is that we are a personality-driven show. So we are not necessarily one of those shows that people listen to because they get the top tips on podcasting or the best audio advice that you can do this way and like be really succinct about it. Part of what people really love about what we have is that we have a chemistry between Jess and I that is fun and enthusiastic and energetic and it's different and it's opposing and it's uh, unusual and you never know what's going to come out of either one of our mouths and we are so different that you wonder how we even can talk to each other. So there's all of this extra stuff that happens with us that you kind of just really like us. There's a, a sense of likability between us or even not even likability. Maybe it's like, oh, my God, those girls, those women, they're so annoying to some degree. <laughs> but at the same time, they sort of recognize that there's something about it, right? That is part of it. So building a base of super fans through likability or through having something that is uniquely yours of you being yourself. So that's how I would go back to it. Many different times people still tell me, regardless of what I'm doing for the past 20 years and all of the different hats that I've worn is I still remember your laugh. I still remember your laugh. I remember how you were laughing. I remember your voice in my head is something I get all the time. So people tend to connect with you being yourself. And that is one of those things. Having you be as fully as yourself as possible. The second thing that, and that starts to establish super fans and super fans generally, you don't have to sell them too much. They'll just do whatever you say. The other aspect of it is with Patreon, Patreons really do want to get stuff or ha know that there's a little bit something extra behind a paywall kind of thing. There is a, a show that I love. It's Stay Tuned with Preet. And I love that guy. I think he's awesome. I love his podcast. I listen to his podcast almost every week, at least when I was listening to podcasts, because you know I haven't listened to his now. And so he started to get this extra one. And I was like, oh, my God. I need to get the extra because I have to get the extra stuff he's talking about. I cannot just, I can't miss it. So it was a necessity for me to do that because I thought, oh my God, I, I want to hear his take on X, Y, and Z, right? On whatever was happening in politics, on whatever conversation was happening in the world at that time. I needed to hear him discuss it. Him. That's the whole point. So I needed that so much that I pay. Now, there's another place that I pay. I pay to Futuro, Futuro Media Group. There are also uh, the producers of In the Thick, which is another one of my favorite shows. It is a essentially like a political show from the Latino perspective or the POC perspective, really. It's very fun. It's got it's 30 minutes long. It goes in and out really quickly. But Futuro Media and Maria Hinojosa, who is one of the co-hosts for that show, is someone that I've looked up for for forever, right? Forever. And I love what she has created. Like Futuro Media Group is creating content serving Lat the Latino community. And obviously, I am a huge fan of the, because I am a Latino. I am a huge fan and I want to be there for that and I want to support it and I want that kind of journalism out there. I want that type of show out there. So I am donating, you know, I've, I've committed to $10 a month and they are not giving me anything at, well, they gave me a t-shirt. They gave me a t-shirt. I got a t-shirt. Like, yeah, it's awesome. But 
I'm going to continue to do that. Like I didn't, I did it. Yes, I did it for the t-shirt because the t-shirt was awesome, but I'm continuing because I want them to succeed. So there's something that I'm being a part of. I am becoming something with them. And that's something that I teach all the people that I work with around building the Patreon is that they need to be able to do this for beyond you. They love you, but they also feel like they're part of something greater, which is why one of the reasons that the She Podcast Live conference went so amazingly well, funded at over 200%, because it wasn't really as much, well, actually, you know what? As much as it was about Jess and I, it was really about you guys. It was really about all of us. It was really about She Podcasts. It was about what we built. It was about that we felt like we were part of something bigger than ourselves and we could help. And so that's what I feel is missing from a lot of Patreon. A lot of it is like, me, 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 help me do the show. Help, help me pay for hosting. Help me do the thing. You can do something more. You can know that you're having them participate in something so much greater than what you're offering. We can be together or you give them something tangible. Like you will get an extra show every, I don't know, month or whatever, or you will get a Q&A. And so Jess and I have settled with this Q&A that we have live and she takes one week and I get another one because that's what we, number one, that's what we can commit to. It's something both of us enjoy doing. And it doesn't really take that much time. I mean, I'm trying to set up the the system so that I can get the videos. I still haven't figured out how to get Jess's videos yet. But get the videos, put them up on Patreon and have them be accessible so people can go in there. And that would be like the extra stuff. But from the get-go, this is what we decided to do. So especially for that, think about what is that value that you're bringing to the entire community? And the other thing is, you know, Jess and I, had, I think we talked, didn't we talk about this on a show? I think we did talk about it on the show. We had our Patreon for like ever. I think we started Patreon right when Patreon came out. I can't remember when that was, but we did it and we never mentioned it. And then we started to like half-ass do it. And it was like, oh my God, so lame. Yeah, it sucked. We didn't do anything until we finally committed and we were really committed to driving this forward. The other concern that I have in terms of Patreon and maybe something that you can keep in mind is that thing that is going to help somebody decide to commit to you versus committing to somebody else or something else? Because I do have like a set amount of things that I want to participate and and really um, honor and support versus all of the things I wish I could. Like I don't do all of the things. I have like three that I'm currently supporting and maybe a lot another one, but I'm not sure yet. It depends on what that looks like. But I feel like it just becomes a lot to be going like, okay, $5 here, $1 there, $10 here, or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I hope that helps a little bit, Tiffany. I know that I wasn't completely, yes, Tom Webster. I know that I wasn't completely clear about that or give you specifics, but really is about time building a foundation of super fans and then offering a value that is beyond a value for just you or just them, but it's greater than all of that, which is a little bit hard. Okay. And then Patrick says, there are some voices like yours and Jessica's that I find comforting to listen to, even if I'm not listening. (laughs) 
to the conversation. I hear you, man. I have that. I have that too. I totally have. Hello, Miss Julie. Neil. I love to see you here. Okay. When I share bonus things in my Patreon, my patrons don't care. They don't interact. That's for Patrick. Patrick is saying that. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes that happens. So we have to do what we have to do and you got to be doing what you're doing. So right here, I have a certain amount of people that are here watching uh, today right now live. I understand our lives are kind of crazy. But I'm here because I've committed to it. And I think part of the way in which you build stuff like this is to keep coming back and keep coming back and be able to really expand on the value that you bring people. Okay, so I am going to finish up here by doing that article that I was talking about before and really quickly. And then I'm going to look one more time to see if we have any questions. And so the article was a pointed perspective on the purported pod fading problem which is uh, going back to, especially for those of you who just uh, started listening, at the beginning of the live here, I was talking about me taking almost a month break now from listening to podcasts. And it wasn't like a thing that I decided to do. It's just something that I was feeling inside my body. It was like, I don't want to listen to podcasts right now. I don't want to. And I still don't have the feeling of having to listen to podcasts again. So just wanting to let you guys know that. And therefore, how does that look like for your audience in terms of audience growth, specifically uh, during this time? We're talking about cycles and growth. So now going back to the pod fading problem, which in this article that Tom Webster, thank you, Miss Eileen, uh, wrote for Medium, he really talks about the fact that there are like a slew of podcasts in Apple Podcasts, but I think only 18%, according to the article, if I'm, if I'm right, or something like that, are actually being updated or 30-something percent updated consistently in the past, I think, couple of weeks or something like that. Like all the rest of them are essentially in quote pod faded, which means that there hasn't been a new podcast added in the past whatever X amount of time. Now, yes, of course, there are shows that have uh, seasons and there are shows that are there for their own sake. So there are people who actually uh, create a podcast. It is 13 episodes. And when the so 13 episodes are done, it's finished. Like there is no desire to continue doing the show. It just stays that way. So there are shows like that for sure, but there's a lot of shows out there that start and they're super excited about doing their show. But in the process of doing their show, they find out that A, they don't really like to talk about whatever the topic is anymore. B, it's not working out the way that they thought it was going to work out, meaning that they had expectations that were higher than the reality. Three, that maybe at that point in time, they're still interested in the podcast, but you know, their actual business making actions that they need to have to continue to, you know, make money are taking precedence. And a lot of the time, the podcasting wing of things is a little bit more towards the marketing than it is towards actually making money. So sometimes you have to make a choice and go, you know what, I'm spending, I don't know, 30 hours a week. <laughs> That's a lot. 30 hours a week on my show. And I'm really making money just by investing these 10 hours working with clients, why am I spending 30 hours doing this if it's not making me money? So there's people who do that. There's also times when like shows go out, meaning like, let's say uh, people who have been podcasting about Game of Thrones, especially where they've been around for the past, you know, seven years or so. And now Game of Thrones is over and they kind of go like, well, it's over. So it's over no more. So they stop. And then there's times when things like what happened with Elsie's yoga class happened. It's not necessarily that I no longer wanted to teach or do that podcast. What happened is I was living in LA. 
I ended up moving to Pittsburgh. So I had to start a whole new business, meaning I had an established yoga business in LA. I was teaching 13 classes a week. Then when I came to Pittsburgh, I had to start over again, getting like yoga teaching opportunities, starting to build my classes, feeling like I was in a place now again to record my classes. And then I got pregnant and then I got pregnant and then I had to deal with my babies. And so I no longer like teaching yoga was no longer a thing I could do. And so the podcast was sort of like, I'm not going to do this anymore. It just doesn't fit. Even though I'd like to, it just simply does not fit. So I had to break up with it. There's that as well. So there's an end life to every show, to everything we do. There's a cycle as we talked about it before. So just because there are shows that are not being updated inside of Apple Podcasts doesn't mean that the space isn't growing. What it means is that it's doing what everything else does. You know, there are like everything has a death cycle. Everything needs to finish. There are going to be times when you hit a number and this happened with another really popular show that I never listened to, but I really love her marketing. So I follow her all the time. Diane Sanfilippo is her name. I love her. Marketing is like one of my favorite marketings that I see out there everywhere. She had a show. Gosh, I can't remember if it was called Tasty Bites or something like that. And they did, I may be wrong, but it's like 800 shows, which is insane. Insane, dude. And they just stopped. They had amazing audience, like hundreds of thousands. They had sponsors. They were doing it every week. They had been doing it for years. There was nothing wrong with their show. In fact, it kept growing. But they both knew it had come to an end. It's time to be done. No more. I don't want to do this specific show anymore. I'm no longer this person. I'm going to do this show. Uh, Same thing with the co-hosts. Both of them stopped the show. It was time to be done even though the audience maybe didn't want it to. And there was, and they were making money and all the things that we all want with the numbers and the things, but it was over. So I think that there's times when we have to honor that and there's nothing wrong with that cycle. There's nothing wrong with you doing something for five years and realizing you're no longer the person that you were when you first started. There's nothing wrong to realize that after 10 years or two years or whatever, it no longer fits. It's okay to stop. It's okay to start over. It's okay to not podcast again, right? It's fine. So I think we need to be okay with that. And that as in an industry, it doesn't necessarily have to suck that you're doing that. Anyway, I've been talking for quite a long time now. So thank you all of you who participated. And if you got here a little bit late, please go back to the beginning and then listen to where like sort of the theme of this conversation went through. Uh, I so appreciate you guys coming in here and asking me questions on the fly and whatnot and listening to my ponderings and all of my world. Um, yes, Miss Bonnie. So reinventing yourself again is good. In fact, I'm just going to let y'all know I do have another. I know this is going to blow your minds, y'all. I have another podcast coming out. I know. We can talk about that maybe on the next live in a couple weeks once it's live. I do have another podcast coming out. Oh my God. Oh my God. So anyway, I will leave you all. Thank you so much for uh, coming and hanging out with me today. And Jess and I just adore our super squad. I hope that you tell your friends and tell them if you enjoy it because we love it as well. See you guys. Bye.
Rest, 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 rest,